Welcome back to the Being Husband Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan West, bringing you guys another episode here. Telling you gents like I always do, thank you for being a part of the work that we're doing. If you've been with us for any length of time, then you know what we're all about here. We're here to help you as a man live on mission in your marriage. And today is no different than any other day because, man, <laughs> what a time to be alive. What a time to experience. What a time for us to uh, rise to the occasion. And that's what I want to encourage you guys to do today. This episode is entitled, It's Time to Boss Up. It's time for us as men of God and as men of our households to boss up. And what do I mean by that? Well, I want to start today off with the verse of the day. And the verse of the day comes out of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put childish things away. And so one thing that I want to paint the picture of really quick is that that word uh, man is the word, the Greek word, aner. And it's the same word that we have in 1 Corinthians uh, 16, 13, I believe. Um, in that verse, 1 Corinthians 16, 13, it says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men. So act like aner and be strong. Now, I've done a podcast on this particular verse before, this uh, 16, uh, 1 Corinthians 16, and I got a lot of pushback <laughs> because uh, we live in a very modern day. We live in a very politically correct day. We live in a day where everyone has a particular opinion and everyone's opinion is right and everyone's feelings are right and everybody's thoughts and, and virtues are right. But... Um, that being the case, I was trying to paint this picture that uh, Greek thought as well as what Paul is trying to express here in this word, anner, and in this word, act like a man, put childish things away. It's, it's, it's the same word that's used for courage. And it's also the same word that's used in parallel to maturity, which is why Paul puts it here. When I was a child, I spake like a child. I thought as a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish things away. But when I became mature, I put childish things away. And so what Paul is trying to paint this picture of here is not that men are courageous and women are not. Because that, that uh, verse that we're talking about, the other verse, the 1 Corinthians uh, 16 what was it? First Corinthians 16, 13, that says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. This verse was something that Paul was communicating to the entire church, not just men. And so the, the come away is, is like, well, you know, why would he use a generalization to express a command for everyone? And the reason is, is what the old what the Greeks, I should say, what the Greeks understood and what a lot of old thought understood was that there were things that made men men and there were things that made women women by their nature. There was a nature to them. There was a design to them. There was an intention, a telos is another word. And telos just means a, a, a in, an end, right? A, a, a reason for being, okay? And that being the case, Men 
were stronger physically, generally speaking, and they were able to endure hardship uh, physically, not necessarily childbirth, obviously, but they were they were stronger physically and were able to therefore take more risks when it comes to things like war and things of that nature. So men, by their physical physical attributes, are more likely to be courageous, and I think you understand that. I think many of you guys that listen to the show understand that, but a lot of people that are either new to the show, and if you are new, welcome. Uh, I'm glad to have you here. And then there's some people just in the culture that don't understand or won't receive that men and women have these differences. So what am I saying all this for? Why am I painting this broad picture? Because what I'm trying to get you guys to understand myself to understand is that we're living in a time right now uh, where we're going to have to boss up. (laughs) We're going to have to because we've got to be able to create and protect our homes. And the only way that we do that is that we we mature ourselves, that we allow this time to mature us. We can't go back into our mom's womb. We can't go back into safety and comfort and 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 no tension. That's not where we're at right now. Um, and I'm not suggesting that we become drill sergeants either. But what I am trying to suggest is that we be strong enough to endure. Strong enough to go into the fire so that we can bring out peace. So that we can bring out goodness. So we can bring out truth. And so... Question, why do I need to boss up, man? <laughs> you know, I got I got my Netflix, I got my Hulu, I got stuff coming to the house, my groceries coming to the house. You know, all this stuff that you're talking about, man, it's, it's, it's a difficult time, but I mean, it, I don't really need to endure anything physical hardship. I don't really need to take time to uh, uh, address my own issues. I, I can just enjoy the stuff while I have it and we'll worry about that stuff later. There's really no reason to do that. And many men that come to you with that particular expression, or if there are some of you in that the audience uh, that, that have that particular bent, I just uh, want to um, let you know that you're wrong. <laughs> You're wrong to assume that things are going to always go well for you. You're wrong to assume that trouble is not waiting, that sin is not waiting at your door and its desire is for you. You're wrong to think that. You're, you're unwise to believe that. You know, it's funny. I heard a story, Kevin Hart, man, um, you can take away my Christian scorecard if you need to, but I love Kevin Hart. I, I, I think he's funny, and I think uh, I, I think comedy in general is able to get at some truths that um, many of us are unwilling to say. But anyway, Kevin Hart was talking <laughs> uh, to Joe Rogan on his podcast, and he was having a conversation, and uh, they were talking about his accident. So Kevin Hart had this bad accident like two years ago, something like that, bad car accident, and um, injured him bad i mean he was essentially paralyzed and had to go through a lot of uh physical therapy in order to get over this paralysis but so he was talking about this on his podcast and he said his doctor told him kevin had you not done the physical workouts that you were doing to strengthen your core and your your upper body you would not have been able to ever walk again so listen to that gentlemen 
because of sweating in a time where he did not have to sweat, right? Because of manufacturing hardship or embracing hardship to harden himself, Kevin Hart, when time of trouble came, when real balls to the wall, okay, situation came in his life, he was able to recover faster and withstand that injury and come back better than ever as a result, is what he says. He said he'd come back better than ever because of the the dues that he had paid when he didn't have to. And so I think that gets me to my first point on why we need to boss up. Why? Because I want to address, I want to address why we need to boss up. Right? And then I want to address how we can boss up. So why? Number one is it takes us out of the category of being consumers into the category of being producers. It makes us makes us useful, right? Everybody knows this is this is a, a trope for many people that, that kids eat up all the food. <laughs> kids just consume. Boys just consume. That's all that they really are able to to do. They don't really, you know, when they're that young, they, they don't know enough. They they've not been skilled enough to to learn how to um, provide, to learn how to produce, to learn how to um, add value to a household. They just are walking light bills, walking grocery bills. Um, but it, it's the job of father, again, to, to raise up that boy and girl as well. But the, the point I'm making here is to raise up children to the point of maturity where they can add value to the house, where they can do something worthwhile to benefit the household, whether that's doing dishes or taking out trash or accompanying dad to his job and helping out being a helping hand there um, those are things that were required back in the day and to some degree I think parents still do this today Um, but in any case yes we've got to be able to move ourselves from just being able to sit on our lazy boy and enjoy our comfortable uh, Michelob Ultra right that's my deal and and watching TV we have to get ourselves to a position where we're actually providing something outside and by doing this it leads me to my second point on why we we have to boss up it creates safety and builds trust with our wives <laughs> How many times have you seen the trope on TV where guys watching game, right, sitting back, having a drink, lazy boy style, and the and wife is upset. She comes and she stands in front of the TV. And she's like, yo, what's up? What are you doing? I need you to pay attention to me. I need you to 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 look at me, right? I need you to create a space where I feel safe and I feel protected and I feel heard and many of us if we're not careful again we'll get caught up in this this trap of safety and comfort and pleasure and ease to the degree where we're not creating safety comfort pleasure and ease for our wives and it's my conviction gentlemen that um a a man cannot create safety while only abiding in safety you, you you can't 
mature in the womb. You understand? You, you have to come out of the womb into the cold world. Deal with the pain of uh, it being cold. Deal with the pain of not being in the warmth anymore. And uh, b- become a part of something greater than yourself. A household, a world, a cosmos, right? And by doing this, you allow your, your wife to receive all the benefits without having to take the risk to the greatest degree for herself. Now, it's not to say that she can't. And it's not to say that that, that perhaps you don't want her to. And, and let me just say, I'm not talking about income or job stuff right now. That's not what I'm getting at. If you've got a wife that works, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Do what you do. What I'm suggesting is, is that why would you let her go out and do the hard thing like chop the wood in the cold if you can do it now it's different if you can't if you're not able-bodied or if you've if you're doing something you know more intense than that right that's fine if if that's the setup right if you're say you know and this is metaphorical in some way but i'm saying if you're doing something like welding right but you know that the wood's got to get chopped that's fine if you want to put that on her but if you were in the house washing dishes and you've got your wife out there chopping wood in the cold we got a problem (laughs) we've got a situation we've got an issue because that's not you laying down your life for your wife that's her laying her life down for you and that is not the way that the illustration is supposed to go. Scripture says that we are to love our wives as as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That means going out and doing something hard. That means bearing our cross so that she doesn't have to. So that she can relax. <laughs> so that she can receive the 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 joy and the safety and comfort that we're able to provide by going out into hardship. So I've, I've explained why I've explained why that's important. You get it right. Jonathan, I understand it's, it's, I need to be a consumer. I need to be a producer rather than a consumer so that I can create safety for my wife and that she builds trust in me because she knows I'm going to go out there and do what I need to do. But how Jonathan, how do I get to this point? How sway? <laughs> well, I think that the first step It's going to be to cut the umbilical cord between you and your mom. (laughs) That's right. I said it. You'll be mad, and that's okay. That's between you and the Lord if you're mad. And if you want to bring it to me, you're welcome to do that. But you got to cut the umbilical cord from your mom. I addressed this in a post on my uh, Instagram. So if if you're not following me there, please do, at beinghusbandpod on Instagram. That's at beinghusbandpod. P.O.D. on Instagram. The, the the point that I was trying to make in that post of cutting the umbilical cord is <clears throat> what it does when you have a relationship with your mom where you're always seeking, you know, pinches on the cheek for her to make you feel comfortable, for her to make you feel special, for her to make you feel uh, loved when you seek that from her always still as a grown man, you'll apply that to the relationship with your wife. And that's not the role. 
You understand this. Mothers are to do that to sons to a point. But at some point, son becomes man's. Man becomes husband. And the husband has to now go and, again, you know, love his wife in a sacrificial way so that she can have love to give her kids. But when you apply the frame of I want my mom to validate me and make me feel special and comfort me and create safety, you're going to take that frame and then apply it to the role of your wife. And that's not how that's supposed to go. (laughs) You're supposed to create a situation in 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 a home where she can give that to her children fundamentally. Now, I'm not saying that your wife doesn't give you love, right? I'm not saying that your wife doesn't validate you and pat you on your back. But my point is that's not your goal anymore. You're not a son primarily anymore. Now, you and I are husbands. We're men. And so our objective is to focus on, for those of you that are Christian, focus on the mission of uh, embodying the truth that we're to lay our lives down for our wives. Excuse me, that was my dog. Um, because if we don't, we aren't telling the truth about the relationship that Christ has with his people. And that is that he lays his life down for his people. He lays his life down for his church, his bride. And so it leads me to my second one, and it's that we need to work for or otherwise avoid validation altogether. And validation is just, you know, an attaboy, right? It's a pat on the back. It's praise of any kind. If we're going to get it, we need to get it from labor, from hard work, right? The the, the feeling that, that you get from, uh, you know, fixing something. Right. The, the 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 look that your wife gives you when you fix something and the look that your 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 wife gives you when you maybe build something Th- that is a better way to get validation than asking your wife to, um, you know, after you've had, you know, a a, a tough road of some kind uh, at, at work and you're just looking for her to to pick you up. That's not a good way. Now, if she does that, that's good. But I don't think that you should seek praise as an antidote to hardship. (laughs) Okay? If you're having a hard day and you're seeking praise from her, that's not really her job. That's Again, that's going back to that mom-son frame. Now, she can certainly do that. I'm just saying seeking that is going to be an issue for you long term. Because the reality of the situation is, is that she wants you to to, to unload her burdens onto you. She wants to be able to trust you to handle what she's got going on. You know what I'm saying? And the reality is, is that you should be mature and healthy enough to handle your own stuff and also be able to carry her stuff as well to a degree. Um, now, I'm not saying that you just become this you know, beast of burden, but, I, but I, I think you guys understand what I'm getting at. Is that you are to comfort her. And you can't do that if you're always seeking comfort from her. Next, resolve to take on more responsibility 
in your life. And again, this is how we can boss up. The way that we take on more responsibility is kind of going back to this this point here, right? If you're um, if you're finding that you're you're spending a lot of time stressed, it's probably because you're not taking responsibility, right? So at work. If you're stressed about deadlines and you're stressed about your boss kind of riding you or you're stressed because you feel like you don't have enough things to do at work, you're likely not taking on appropriate responsibility because when you do, you own all of that stuff, right? You own the fact that there's so many deadlines that you have to meet. And what do you do? You say, boss, I am going to be able to get this, this, and this done, but I'm not going to be able to get this done in the time frame that you're asking me. And what have you done? By taking responsibility of that particular issue, you set boundaries with your employer, right? Or, for example, if you don't have enough things to do, right? You say, hey, boss, I want to get skilled in this, this, and this area. So what can I take off of your plate or his plate or her plate to allow me to be able to grow in this area while also offloading some of the work of my coworkers and yourself? Taking responsibility allows you to be able to increase in skills, increase in knowledge, and then what? Use those skills and knowledge to create, stay with me, safety (laughs) for your wife. Because now you're going to be taking that mindset into everything. You may not do everything in your household, but you're going to say, hey, honey, look, the the, the budget's looking like this. I need you to, uh, you know, maybe slow down the spending in this area and I'm going to slow down the spending in this area and we're going to meet this X objective next month. Okay. You own it now. It's not just, Oh man, like my job's so tough. Like my boss is not giving me enough work to do or he's giving me too much work to do. And Oh, I don't know how we're going to make it this month, the money. And this, when you take responsibility, you, again, you're not going to do everything, but you're going to execute you're going to be an executive of everything and when you resolve to do that again you're building that trust you're building that relationship you're building this uh really just your wife to be able to relax right and take some of the pressure off remove some of the anxiety off of her because she's got plenty of it she's got plenty of it next and last Take well-calculated risks and manufacture hardship. So this is going back to that Kevin Hart story we were talking about earlier to some extent. Again, you're not going to be able to create safety in comfortability. You're going to have to create safety by going into the wilderness. (laughs) You're going to have to go into hard situations and toughen up. So that you can be strong, so that you can be able to face adversity when it comes, so that when that car crash happens, when that life collision happens that would otherwise ruin everything, that would otherwise make everything difficult, that you can stand, that you can stand and you can heal and you can grow from the hardship and not fall. This is as much, the Kevin Hart thing was physical. The things we're talking about in relationship to job uh, are are physical, in relationship to the home are physical, but this is as much a spiritual practice as it is a physical practice. Because 
in the day of trouble, say, for example, you know, worst case scenario, America goes into a zone where they're throwing Christians into gulags. They're throwing Christians into concentration camps. Worst case, right? It may never happen, but let's just say, let's just say that it does. Or, you know, or that Christians aren't able to buy things, whatever the thing is. Let's say that Christians go through persecution because scripture says that we will. Scripture says that we always will. Are you going to be able to withstand that? If the only thing that you can memorize are office quotes, the only thing that you have to share with someone is that one time on the office where Michael Scott said something silly and Dwight looked at him funny. Stanley looked at him funny. <laughs> right? Are you going to be able to talk about, man, that was a really good football game. When you've got your neighbor that is also a Christian standing next to you being beaten in the head. Are you going to be able to withstand the hardship when you're told you can't get this job because you ascribe to the word of God and we don't want any part of that here. If the only thing, the only thing that you've ever experienced that was difficult was you not being able to get your groceries delivered to the time in the time frame that you want. Guys, hardships are hard, but they're harder if you're not prepared. What you have to do spiritually, again, I'm tying the spiritual and the physical here. What you have to do spiritually is you have to do spiritual reps, right? We talk about, uh, you know, physicality, right? We talk about lifting weights. We talk about taking responsibility in the home, Um those are all reps. That's all practice. That's all getting the the muscles prepared for growth. Right? Well, how do I do that spiritually, Jonathan? Learn scripture. <laughs> Read the word. Exercise wisdom in the scriptures. So that way in the day of trouble, you have something to recall. You can remember Romans 8 and 28, that all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose and those that love God, right? Gulag or no gulag, all things work together for good. Not everything is good that I'm going through. Understand me. Understand this. It is not a good thing. The hardship that Christ suffered on the cross, it's not hard. It's, it wasn't a good thing that they killed Christ. Understand me. But what did it do? It worked together for good. Because it brought many of us to saving faith. It brought us back to God. To the eternal, invisible goodness of this world. It brought us back to that because of Christ's suffering. And if we are to uh, be examples, examples, <laughs> examples of Christ in our homes and in the world. Suffering is a prerequisite. And the only way that we're going to be able to get through it, the only way that we're going to be able to get through it is the same way that Christ was able to get through it. He knew the father. He knew his word. He did the reps before going to Golgotha. 
He took responsibility for a burden that wasn't his. He died. He died for your BS, for my BS. <laughs> he took responsibility that wasn't his. He and God came up with the plan and they said, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to. And it's always been the plan. That's the thing. It was never a plan B. Christ was not a plan B. He was plan A from the beginning. We can get more into that at another time. But I hope that you guys got value out of this episode. And I hope that you guys get value out of this podcast in general. And if you do, leave a rating, a review, uh, share with your friends, post it on Instagram, all the things, man. Let people know that I'm here in my office recording a podcast to help men live on mission in their marriage. And I, like I said, man, I hope you guys find value out of this. Um, continue to like and share stuff on IG. Follow me on Instagram. That's at being husband pod. Uh, man, and I hope you guys have a blessed day. I really do. I really do. And, and if the spirit has moved you in such a way, Consider making a donation today on patreon.com slash being husband pod. That's patreon.com slash being husband pod or being husband podcast. I can't remember. Anyway, so with that, as I always say, we want to thank Octave Studios for the intro and outro music. And I say, as always, gents, take care and build on. <laughs>